Welcome to Insight, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Swalkops. In this week's edition of Insight, we consider whether the industry has been watching too many movies for its own good. It's a never-ending story in Queensland as La Nina shows no signs of ending. More bad weather causing havoc for claims in the industry. It started with King Kong, then there was Godzilla, then there was Mega Godzilla. But are you ready for the rise of the mega trends? And finally, Tom Hanks probably doesn't star in this intriguing tale of inequality, despair and destiny known as the Gini coefficient. Hello, everyone. This week, I'm joined by my usual cohorts, Deputy Editor Wendy Pugh, Editor John Deeks and Chairman Terry McMullen. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Terry, are megatrends just trends with added attitude? <laughs> Nicely put. Yeah, I think I think that's a fancy word, really, isn't it? It's They're just trends. And speaking of fancy, hello, Wendy. Oh, good morning, Andrew. Wendy, would it surprise you to know that I knew what the Gini coefficient was without any notes from John? It would surprise me, actually. I'd never, I'd never heard of it before myself. <laughs> Even the stopped clock tells the right time twice a day. And hello, John. Hi. It's an economics-heavy edition this week, isn't it? It is, it is, but it's what everyone's talking about. Indeed. Well, on to the main stories this week that everyone's talking about. Wendy, the rough weather is continuing in Queensland. It feels like it's never-ending, and so does La Nina. Yes, there was a lot of heavy rain across um, much of the state over the past week. Um, And as the Bureau has been saying, um, things have just been so wet over the course of, you know, the past you know few months with that continuing La Nina that it, that it really doesn't take much at the moment for creeks and rivers to flood so there were many roads cut off by by floodwaters in this latest instance and um, some you know hundreds of houses affected in areas such as uh, Laidley in the Lockyer Valley and insurers have reported some claims have been coming in uh, but that weather has eased now um, and of course this is nowhere near the level of the impacts that we saw from the the rain and flooding earlier this year well john what's the latest on the earlier flood catastrophe insurers are fronting up to the worst affected areas and communities aren't they well as wendy says the recent rains may be bad but uh they're just nothing in comparison to what we had uh, in February and March with about 200,000 claims at a value of $3.4 billion. We've not had any updates for uh, a week or so from the Insurance Council, but I'm sure those totals are trickling up still. And yeah, we're getting to the more difficult stage of the claims process now with, uh, I guess, tough decisions on flood cover or sums insured having to be made. And uh, the reality of delays becoming apparent with the the impact of a lack of materials and trades. As you say, insurers are facing up to communities. There's a a series of in-person forums taking place in New South Wales next week, and there are similar events going to happen in Queensland, which haven't yet been announced. I think we've seen this over recent years, and it's a very welcome feature of insurers' modern response to natural catastrophes. They do like to get down into the communities, talk to people, even have one-on-one meetings with people that that are having difficulties with their claim. We also reported on the fact that uh, the Insurance Council had an online forum the other day, and that was very popular. There was there was uh, hundreds of people tuned in, and as is expected, there were one of t- there there were a few people complaining. It's been limbo land, said one insured. Uh, She said that uh, there's no communication and uh, 
people just don't know what's going on. But of course, this is one example. And 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 the good the good thing about these events is that in, insurers and the ICA can can put their point of view across, help consumers understand the process, and tell them how they can progress a complaint if they really don't feel happy with how it's being handled. Well, lawyers tend to be keen observers of our industry, and there was an important report released last week, Wendy. There's a group called Global Insurance Law Connect, and they put out an annual risk radar report, which uh, this year had contributions from law firms from more than 20 countries, including Australia and New Zealand. And it says uh, there's been a rise in a group of, of megatrends, which includes digitalization and cyber risks, increased climate risk and regulatory changes. And they um, also say that globally coming out of the pandemic, many are concerned about the implications for the DNO market as management decisions are put under the spotlight. Um, in Australia specifically, the top issues identified were uh, climate change, increased regulation and class actions, uh, while in New Zealand it was new legislation governing insurance contracts, uh, DNO, and the response to trade and supply problems. That's interesting. Those are quite legal-centric. Which megatrend would be top of your list, Terry? Oh, good question. Look, if we took all the various law experts who contributed to this study from around the world, I guess climate change comes out on top simply because of the, the number and severity of the natural catastrophes we've experienced in the past few years. Obviously, class actions are, are a major challenge for insurers. And so, as our American cousins pointed out in the report, really attracting and retaining quality workforces within insurance, also a, a trend we should worry about. The speed with which regulators are heaping reforms on the industry around the world isn't, you know, really likely to slow for a while. But at least with that, the insurance industry gets a chance to argue the finer regulatory points. And climate change is something that you can't really argue with. And there's another trend that gets only a passing mention in the report, but I think is is something that is very important, and, and that's so-called social inflation, which is the uncomfortable fact that insurers' claims costs keep rising above the level of general economic inflation. That's another challenge that needs consideration and one we really do have to focus on. Well, John, in this week's uh, analysis section, uh, income inequality is growing and has implications for insurance, doesn't it? Yes, that's right. We've got the latest uh, Swiss Re Sigma report, very detailed report on the growing problem of income inequality. The war in Ukraine has has intensified the uh, the rises in the global cost of living, and that's pushing up food and energy prices when inflation is already high. The impact of this on insurance is that when people have less money to spend, they they may cut back on insurance protection. And so Swiss Re really points out there's a there's a there's a clear correlation between income inequality and slow growth in in insurance coverage. Insurers can help out. The good news is that uh, insurers could play a key role here by developing affordable cover that's distributed efficiently to those that need it most. Well, the report mentions the Gini coefficient. What is it? Well, it sounds like you already know, Andrew, but uh, it was new to me. But uh, the Gini coefficient is named after an Italian statistician, Corrado Gini, and it basically measures the distribution of income across a population. So a coefficient of zero means perfect equality, while 
100% means maximum inequality. Now, Australia's Gini coefficient sits at about uh, 33, I think, which is better than the US, which is more like 38. But the, the worrying thing for Australia is that it's it's got one of the fastest growing Gini coefficients. It's been rising at 0.5% per year on average over the last 30 years. And Swiss Re says that uh, you can you can see the impact of this uh, because the growth in insurance penetration is below 0%, which I'm no mathematician, but I think that means it's going down. Well, Terry, can insurers really do much here or is it up to governments to sort this one out? Well, if they follow the Gini coefficient, which we all are, we'd see it's a social problem rather than a, a specific insurance problem. But it's one of those social problems that becomes an insurance problem. Insurance is an integral part of the economy and we're exposed, as Swiss Re says, but this may be one issue that the industry can focus on because really technology gives us the ability to produce insurance policies that meet the needs of smaller subgroups in the community. In other words, we might have to learn at last to be far more flexible in the way we approach the market than we have in the past, where products have been traditionally one size fits all. That just doesn't work anymore. Certainly not under the Gini coefficient growth. Well, that leads nicely on to insurance affordability, which is clearly very much on the potential regulator's mind, John. Yes, that's right. The APRA chairman, Wayne Byers, gave a speech last week in which he outlined APRA's key priorities. And with insurance, he said that affordability and availability of cover is at the heart of its strategy. He says that unaffordability is a key theme across all types of insurance, general, life, and even health. But what was interesting was when he sort of described the reasons for these for these problems. He said it could it could be partly because of poor product design, as well as rising claim costs, increasing litigation, and a changing climate. Mr. Byers said that APRA has a an important role here to, to help avert poor outcomes and that uh, it'll work with insurers as well as public sector colleagues to try and reverse these trends. Sounds a bit like they're passing the buck and trying to pin this on the insurers, Terry. Well, that would be the uh, way that these things go. Look, this is related to the last subject we discussed, the, the need for greater flexibility in the way we approach the market. If we just keep relying on the traditional, as I said, one-size-fits-all type of cover or types of cover, we won't be dealing with our, our customers' affordability problems or our inability to ensure availability. While the law report we referred to before did mention that Australia hasn't yet been disturbed by the disruptors, these are the triggers that are going to see the disruptors emerge. APRA is really just stating what's becoming obvious. There is a need for us to really address these issues and work out solutions, and we can. Well, finally, John, last Thursday saw the latest edition of The Broker published. For anyone that missed it, there's an interesting story about the current talent shortage. Yes, that's right. I mean, you could probably apply this to the whole insurance industry and, in fact, pretty much every industry in Australia. But but there is a problem in insurance broking with a lack of candidates to fill available jobs. Robert Kelly of Steadfast 
described it as a talent drought. Now, the main reason for this is the lack of people coming in from overseas over the last few years, obviously because of border closures related to the COVID pandemic. We've missed the usual cohort coming out of the London market to work in Australia. So um, apparently staff recruitment agencies are having a ball, as, as Mr Kelly puts it, by ringing people up and seeing if they are happy with their wages and saying they can get them an increase. Wage demands are spiralling due to the short market, but also because of inflation, which is getting all the headlines at the moment. So in certain sectors, digital particularly, salaries are, are soaring. Brokers say they are doing everything they can to mitigate this problem, particularly trying to retain their staff. And, and it's not all about money. It comes down to culture as well, some say. So it's all about trying to keep your current staff happy, because if they leave, you might have trouble replacing them. The, the one positive that came out was that as a result of these shortages, we may be forced to get the next generation of insurance talent in because uh, employers are turning to graduates more and more because... Uh, well, they have to really. <laughs> well, Terry, John's are proof that we're keen on foreign imports, but um, has the industry in general always been so reliant on uh, overseas talent? Well, it's a global industry, Andrew, and you'll find Australians wherever there's an insurance company. So yes, there is a need right across the industry for these so-called imports. I make the point that industry imports more in the range of a BMW than a secondhand clunker, but they do ensure a diversity of experience and they supplement our long-standing and discouraging inability to easily recruit and retain high performers in insurance. Apparently, from this report, it's a global problem. And like every other sector in the industry, the talent pool for insurance brokers is pretty dry at present, which also puts pressure on salaries and, more importantly, possibly on companies' ability to expand. It's a problem that the insurance industry has been experiencing, possibly in, in less severe forms, for the past 30 years. And we've never done anything near enough to address that shortage. Well, on that note, that brings us to the end of this week's Inside Podcast by Insurance News. Thank you once again to our panel, John Deeks, Wendy Pugh, and Terry McMullen. Enjoy your week, and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au. We value your input. You can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, and all your favorite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next week.